0: These are remarkable times, divided government, and budget battles beginning. That is the scene at the state capitol, of course, a week or so after Governor Tony Evers unveiled his massive $83.5 billion biennial budget. Uh, a lot of questions being raised, a lot of concerns, uh, but the biggest one, how on earth does the governor plan to pay for all of this? The short answer is taxpayers, but uh, for more detailed insight and perspective, we bring into the conversation on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers, State Senator Dale Cuenga. Uh, who joins us uh, once again to uh, you know, break all of the numbers down, or at least in some very important areas. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Good. How are you? I am well, thank you. I'm uh, glad we have a chance to talk about this. We haven't, I haven't talked to you since the release of the budget, and I really do in, in particular areas especially want to get your perspective. But overall, uh, what is your takeaway on this budget, which seems to take a lot away?
1: But with every single one of governor, budget, uh, governor Walker's budgets, I always kept my powder dry. I didn't want to um, – I've never been that guy that, oh, it's Walker's name on it. It's his budget. It must be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I always give it more time and look at the details. And I'm doing the same with Governor Evers. I'm giving it some time to look at the details. But um, the first week of crunching numbers, it doesn't look good at all. I mean, what I like to do is I like to – internalize things myself and say, okay, what does this mean for a family like the Coinga family? I know we have a little bit more children than most people. We have four mm-hmm. kids, but still we're talking about a thousand dollars in new spending for every person in Wisconsin. So I'm like most families. We're very middle-class over here. And I say, can my family absorb $6,000 in new spending? And the answer is no, we can't afford that. And the state government is the government of the people. Eventually we need to pay for these costs. So you would look at a thousand dollars of new spending, I mean put that in your household. Take your household times it by a thousand and ask yourself, is that does that make sense and i think most people would say the answer is no uh you look at other you know it's i've been a a cruel accounting or gap accounting fan for a while Mm -hmm. and governor walker didn't propose budgets that always were in align with gap but they were within a certain range they were better than they historically were and then when he managed those budgets they were oftentimes came back with gap surpluses so this budget though blows that out of the water we're talking about over a billion dollars this budget is a billion dollars out of balance when you're using generally accepted accounting principles and the final thing uh, i will throw out there just so i'm not filibustering the conversation <laughs> um is the the capital budget just came out we just got our hands on the, the capital budget and that budget is just amazing if you look at the amount of new bonding we're talking about 2.5 billion dollars Of new bonding now to be fair about that 500 million dollars is gifts and individuals that the state bonds on behalf of so that that should be taken off the table that that's fair game to to not criticize Mm -hmm. um so we're down to two billion still even two billion is nearly double what we did in the last biannual it's more than double what we did the biannual before that i mean we're we're talking that is a huge huge numbers and so um it would be interesting to see what we do as a body and how we prioritize because the governor has um prior towards everything and when you prioritize everything you prioritize nothing because we don't have unlimited resources we need to we need to be due do due, um, due diligence on behalf of taxpayers. Well, so we a have a lot of work to
0: do. Yeah, no doubt about it. The first uh, bit of work we we need to do, and we need to start on this podcast or somewhere, and that is to ask the question: Two billion dollars in bonding. What happened to the governor's assertion that the, we're going to have the lowest bonding level in twenty years? Those two things don't seem to jive. I know this is the capital uh, improvement project budget, but um, do we truly have the lowest bonding level in twenty years based on the numbers you've seen?
1: Well, I, I mean, we're still looking at that. What it could be is, um, obviously, as you're issuing new debt, you're you're paying off old debt, right? I mean, that that's out there, and as the year goes on, you're paying off that debt, and so net net, it may be maybe accurate that there there's lower debt. I would, I haven't not seen that yet, um, so I'm sure. Many of us will be doing fact checking on that, but even with that being said, is just because you're paying off some debt because it's come due doesn't mean that you automatically ring up ring it up again. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, by any by any measure, uh, net or gross, this is a lot of new debt.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that was the point that the governor was trying to make during the budget address: is we can't keep you know, bonding, we can't keep borrowing and putting this on the backs of future generations, which is something, of course, a lot of conservatives have said for a long time, including you. Uh, But this budget doesn't seem to follow in that line of thinking, that line of, if you will, uh, conservative fiscal uh, responsibility.
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't. I mean, it's just by every measure. And we're still going through the details. But I mean, we're talking about just a lot of money being spent and and you look at where it's being spent it just doesn't it doesn't make sense and the reason he's spending this much money is uh i mean i think it's politics i think even the governor knows that this is this is a lot of money to spend um i think he's just doing the political pandering to his base in madison and then it's, it's it's politically nice to go around the state and being like you know the whole Oprah thing of like you get a billion dollars and you get a billion dollars and you get a billion dollars, <laughs> and that's what I mean. I I'm getting calls right now from all over the place. But like oh the governor's going to be here announcing that he's doing this. So the governor's here to be announcing doing this. And it's like. Yeah, I mean, he has that luxury to go around and saying, I just threw a budget out there that I put together and um, made a bunch of prom not promises, but I made a bunch of like, I'm going to look like the good guy. But now we got to balance that budget. And that budget is out of balance. It's out of balance on a couple different fronts. I mean, we just mentioned it's a billion dollars out of balance when you're using GAAP accounting. It's also out of balance because he's taking money from Medicaid expansion. I mean, we could talk about that, but there's a lot to that to discuss. I mean, I think it's going to raise commercial insurance rates because you're moving tens of thousands of people from commercial insurance to Medicaid, which pays less. And so, I mean, by the the, the third way it's out of balance is because he's doing a lot of bonding. And so um, it's it's just he's going around the state saying, I got you this, I got you this, got you this, but he knows that we can't afford this. And he's just, I think it's, it's a political statement, not a, a truly um, refined budget that truly balances.
0: State Senator Dale Coyenga joining us on this edition of the MacGyver Newsmakers. I want to uh, labor on that for a little bit longer. You talk about uh, the good guy. You know, the good guy who uh, is saying yes to everybody. I like how you phrase that the Oprah Winfrey of governors, if you will. <laughs> Loosely borrow from um, how you describe that, but yeah, you know, and I've heard that from other lawmakers who have said all of these different interests are coming into their offices saying, "Hey, you know, the governor Evers said uh, he's going to give us this amount of money. Where do you stand on this?" And it's just a parade of people coming into these offices saying, uh, "The governor is going to give us this, or are you going to back him up on that?" And. <laughs> The, well, let's go, the back. Problem I mean, let's is, go back. Let's yeah. go back
1: to the Oprah Let's go back to the Oprah show. It's like you're sitting at the Oprah show and they're yelling like, "You get a million dollars! You get a million dollars! Get a million dollars!" You're like, "This is great! <laughs> this is great! Yeah. I love this!" And you get out to your car and you see that you have a, a parking ticket for money. I mean, you're gonna pay for this one way or the other. And that's what he's doing. He's raising taxes. He's not using proper accounting methods. He's taking federal money that we don't feel comfortable at this point saying that makes sense for Wisconsin's healthcare economy. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's just disingenuous.
0: But are you going to pay for that? And when I say you, I mean the Republican Party. I mean the Republican majority in the legislature. Is this, in your estimation... Uh, a stunt. Uh, yeah, Evers gets to look like the good guy. He's going to give money to everybody. And then all of a sudden, you need some adults in the room who say, uh, we're going to have to live within reality. It's kind of like the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez stuff. Yeah, we're going to give you universal health insurance, and we're going to give you federally guaranteed jobs, and we're going to make everything you know burn on... Uh, uh, run on uh, renewable energy in 10 years. And it's going to cost us more money than they can print in the world. But somebody has to stand up and say, we cannot afford it. We cannot do this. Are you guys going to be made to look like the bad guys? And how do you how do you go up against that narrative?
1: Well, that's a really funny example you bring up the Cortez green budget. Because what I do appreciate about that budget uh, or that idea she put out there, is it re- It really focuses on the outputs. It really focuses on, like, we're going to have no fossil-burning fuel cars. Mm-hmm. We're going to have – and so it tells you where we're going to end up. Um, now, the problem with it, it doesn't tell you how we need to get there. Right. It's like <laughs> we need to tax you out of this world. That's an important so, step, Dale. That's right. a very now, important now, step. Evers' budget is kind of different because Evers will – I have not heard a single metric – saying we will reach 95 percent reading proficiency or we will have our roads at this percentage. I want to know what what are we obtaining? Like if we're going to put one point four billion dollars more into education, what are the match? What are we going to get for that? What are we where is it going to bring us? to as far as the outputs you know and so everything i hear is dollar amounts as inputs we're going to put this much into this and this much into this and i i I am for putting resources into priorities that makes that makes sense to me but it just seems like it's an open checkbook without any roadmap as far as where we're at and where we're going i want to reach objectives i just don't want to write checks and that's what i think is lacking in this conversation and in this budget
0: Mm. State uh, Senator Dale Coanga, Republican Brookfield, joining us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. You are the chairman of the Committee on Universities, Technical Colleges, Children and Families. You will have your work cut out for you, that's for sure, with this budget. First of all, you've got a budget plan that proposes $150 million in new spending for the uh, University of Wisconsin system. you got a budget that, uh, you know, continues the tuition freeze, that's great, but it backfills all of that and holds a university that has uh, some pretty significant finances, as you've pointed out to everybody in the state a few years back, still doing all right in terms of reserves and surpluses and what have you. Um, And then, As you mentioned, now we've got a capital budget. This is a university system that's calling for more than a billion dollars in deferred maintenance, much more than a billion dollars. How are you gonna deal with all of these spending increases, many of them pushed by the governor of the state?
1: Well, let me start off with, I think one of the greatest assets of the state, among the greatest assets is the UW system. So we're gonna do everything we can to support the system, make sure it's operating effectively. Um, but going back to the conversation is money doesn't necess- necessarily tie to excellence. Mm-hmm. And so let me just tell you one part of this conversation that really drives me crazy is this whole conversation of we're going to backfill the tuition freeze. We're going to backfill the tuition freeze by what? By what? i like, what metric are you going to use? The you know eight percent, ten percent increases in tuition we saw nearly every single year for mm-hmm. decades. Is yeah. that what we're going to do? Um, I mean what is backfilling tuition mean like are you assuming it was a CPI increase because that's up for discussion what what and, and why are we doing that like are we doing that because um, like we feel like that that's historically what's happened because I would argue that the real one of the real squeezes on the middle class is healthcare cost. And then, you know, closely behind that is education. Sure, cost. Sure. It is really, really tough for, and you know, our family feels it. like we're looking at our tax return right now saying, okay, like what can we put in Vest? And the answer was zero. <laughs> <Closest jokes laughs> we owe. Yeah. Uh, but so, I mean, we, I mean, I personally feel this, um, You know, I'm the son of a garbage man. I come from a blue collar family. Like, we're trying to look at this. My oldest right now is 10. We're trying to look at this eight years out. Like, okay, what's the plan going to be? So my point is that just the we're going to backfill the tuition freeze is such a talking point. And if you really dig in, like, what does that mean? it's like we capitulate like we say oh you know what whatever the problem was before as far as the the, the, the high level of tuition growing every year we're just going to say that's the norm and we're going to we're going to be okay with that and one of the things that we do with the tuition freeze which i don't think should be in place permanently by the way i think we should eventually you should have equity in your education and we could talk about that and get to a certain point but as as we're at right now is we want to make it affordable and like we need to have a larger analysis and conversation as far as what tuition looks like, and just saying that we're backfilling the backfilling the freeze is, is a lazy way out of that conversation.
0: Yeah, and then of course we talk about <clears throat> excuse me capital improvement uh, uh, budgets. And uh, last August, the Board of Regents approved support for the University of Wisconsin System's 2019-21 budget request to fund necessary capital renewal activities across the UW system. The $1.9 billion capital budget request includes 29 projects focused primarily on repair and renovation projects. Uh, There is this theme that uh, we have all kinds of buildings in disrepair, different states of disrepair, just like uh, the, the theme that we heard with the transportation system in this state. This is a university system asking for a lot of money. Again, it's about priorities. It's about investments. But how much can taxpayers be expected to spend?
1: Well, there's there's a building committee that does just the review of that. And, and it's it's good to have that as a separate committee outside joint finance mm-hmm. because it's very, very difficult uh, for a legislator to say, no, no, no. I think it shouldn't be $1.9 billion. I really think it should be $800 million. Mm-hmm. That, that's really hard. Um, to do from from our perspective, um, pin down what that number should be, but I will say there there's two forces on our education system that we never hear about, but you kind of scratch your head saying shouldn't that kind of help the bonding situation? Um, and let me quickly talk about those two. The number one is is that more and more education has been delivered remotely, and it should never replace the in-person in person experience, and we'd never want it to, but now, more than ever, is we have the ability to harness technology where we could in the private schools are doing this more um, that we could harness technology to use less bricks and mortar and be smarter with our space, um, as opposed to saying we um, always have to build, build, build. We should adopt to the current technologies. Um, the second part of that is, is and this is very unfortunate, but demographically, we are at um, what sociologists call ZPG, zero population growth. And in some places, we're actually declining in mm-hmm. Wisconsin. And so, you know, we have less and less students and then we have more technology. This should actually be really a time uh, for the UW system, too, that we should really look at like, okay, we have many, many, many campuses and many, many buildings. Um, What makes sense with less students and more technology available? What is the long-term goal? Are we going to keep building and keep maintaining? Does that make sense? Um, In some places it does, in other places it may not. So this has to be a larger conversation. It just seems like the governor's budget went, you know, took a took approach of saying, hey, we're going to we're going to really bond this thing out and we'll figure it out later.
0: Mm, yeah, indeed. State Senator Dale Coenga joining us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. A couple of uh, other questions not related to the budget. Wanted to turn our attention to this. The Wisconsin National Guard this week decided an Illinois congressman who serves as a guardsman did nothing wrong when he criticized Governor Tony Evers' decision to withdraw troops from the U.S. southern border. That uh, Representative is Republican Adam Kinzinger of Illinois. Uh, As a member of military service, I wanted to get your perspective on this story. It certainly caught a lot of fire uh, early on, and then Tony uh, Evers, Governor Tony Evers, insinuated himself into this story as well. Your thoughts?
1: Well, when I saw the tweet from him, I was I was like, oh, I mean, that's that's kind of uh, in the gray area. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't like to enter the gray area myself. I mean, he was ultimately cleared. I think he was in the right as far as he was speaking as a congressman. He wasn't speaking as a military officer um i personally the way i do it is I, I like to keep a very 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 clear line there because i want my soldiers to see me as a as a pure military officer i don't want them to ever think that i'm actually using that uh, position for political um gain or political sure. leverage and so i'm very very careful on that front in fact i love in the building in madison across the street from here right now is i have uh of one of my soldiers who came to me and said, "Don't don't hate me, but I'm a Democrat. Would you help me get an internship?" And I was like, "That doesn't <laughs> matter to me. Like, I think that soldiers are soldiers, our country is our country, our right. state is our state, and I just want to like help good people out." And so, uh, I have both Republicans and Democrats that served underneath me um, in the army, and they're you know trying to hook up with careers. But I'm I'm personally very very careful as far as um, blending those worlds. I learned a lot. And there's synergies. That helps both that out. Being a citizen soldier and a citizen legislator, um, I think uh, you know that tweet was was in the clear. He was cleared. Um, he has the right to do that. But I'm just I'm just very very careful as far as um, the way I operate on that
0: front. Very good. Uh, final big serious question for you. This is a bill that uh, uh, submitted uh, today, as we talk, and that is a bill. Uh, that you co-authored, it is, uh, I, I suppose it's being called the Massage Parlor Bill, but it refers to <laughs> all kinds. I know, I, I don't know how else to s- simplify it, and I think that might be the best way to do that. But, you know, we have a number of massage therapists in this state who are following the rules and, you know, doing their jobs and just doing their jobs, We've had incidents in places like West Dallas and Waukesha and other places in the state where they were doing, let's just say, more than uh, what they were uh, required to do under state law and under decency. Uh, We have a a bill here that, again, that you co-authored that would deal with this. Can you, you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, and I'm always a little bit slow to, uh, not slow, but I'm a little leery. I really do a lot of due diligence on bills that are going to, um, you know, really tighten up people doing a certain profession. But this isn't about people performing a profession. These are about individuals that um, are really oftentimes subject to human trafficking. And so for some reason, well, for this industry in particular, Mm -hmm. although 95% of the actors uh, appear to be good good actors and truly doing massages. There are others that are going beyond the massage. And uh, although this is not a kid's program, we don't have to go in those details. I think everyone knows what we're talking about. Sure. And uh, now, the kids like, love the we, show, by the way, the kids love the show. Yeah, yeah. Right. At this point, all the kids have checked out, uh, at least. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, and if they haven't, you know, here's a lesson, you know, stick to the entire budget talk. There may be something really exciting at the end. That's right. But, uh, there's a juggling uh, act with uncle, so, uncle Matt later on. Yeah. So here we are. Um, Yeah. And we've heard from we've in our district, we heard from the West Dallas Police Department saying, hey, we have situations where we have massage parlor. There's obviously a prostitution element going on. But under our current laws, we don't have the the tools we need to bring charges. So it's like a citation. I mean, I don't want to. It's not a full blown crime or misdemeanor. This is a citation that allows the police to do something Mm -hmm. at the time and say, Okay, there's there's activity going on here, which is not conducive to the uh, family-friendly um, uh, face of West Dallas, and so we are going to take some action. And it's really not only about like the, the community, um, it's also about those women who are, find themselves oftentimes as immigrants, they come here, sure. they truly think they would be like doing nails or cutting hair or doing massages, and then they're forced upon with other expectations yeah. um, in order to make people, uh, the business owner and the clients uh that are not clients or they're, they're criminals mm-hmm. um happy in that in that realm so i think this bill makes sense it's just many bills the majority of bills that we do that is the direct feedback of hearing from people in the community and this was one of those bills
0: and instead of the massage parlor bill, uh, you know, that's that's I think the simplified version of it we will probably end up having to reject the other name uh, that has been given to it. And that is the Robert Kraft bill. I'm just going to throw that uh, outside right now. Um, are you ready, sir, for perhaps the most exciting portion of the MacGyver Newsmakers podcast?
1: I, I'm on the edge of my seat.
0: I, I can get that sense. It's the, the tension is palpable. It is what we call five fast questions. They are questions that we present, of course, to our laws, lawmakers, our newsmakers. They really don't require a great deal of thought, as I've often said. Well, not a lot of thought was put into them. So uh, we will give you five fast questions, and then we will get you out of here taking care of the many duties that you have are you ready sir
1: let's do it
0: would you support a personal video channel solely devoted to sousaphones and the people who love them
1: i have no idea what you're talking about
0: we would call it youtuba i'm sorry
1: I'm in the dark. Sorry, sorry that's, oh, I I may, have, okay. I may be a suburban father of four on that one, just not in line. <laughs> I'm in the dark on that one.
0: You know what? That's, I'm, I'm that's sure an idea funny. that should I'm remain sure in the dark.
1: People, for people that know what you're talking about, yeah. I'm sure it's really
0: funny. It's, it's an idea that should have remained in the dark. In fact, we should have probably product tested it before we went out. We didn't. I apologize for that. Number two. Right,
1: well, number two. must be. It has to be better than that. Oh,
0: it's huge. It's good. All right. Of all the things you are down with, what's the one thing you are most down with?
1: My books, Mm -hmm. books on, books on, a lot of books on tape. Never, don't, never a moment of silence, always driving, and I got my books on tape.
0: There you go, and I will will testify to that. There is never a time uh, that we don't conclude a conversation or at some point in the conversation you tell me, Kittle, you've got to read this book, so I can testify to that. Now, as a military man, what show sums up service the best, McHale's Navy or Gomer Pyle USMC?
1: I've never seen either of them. Oh, but I got a boys' weekend this weekend. uh My wife's visiting her in-laws with the three girls, and Grant has basketball tournaments. And so I think he's old enough. I may get vetoed on this by my wife, but I think he's old enough for Saving Private Ryan.
0: Oh, that's that's yeah. heavy. That that first forty-five it minutes of is heavy. The but... heavy,
1: but it's like yeah,
0: it's, um, oh. I'm gonna
1: argue. Well, we'll have to see what the wife says, but I'm arguing that hey this is not like the R of like sex and swearing and stuff like that. You know, this is actually like real life, you know, this is like how we Yes, get it is. You know. And if you open your Bible, you know, there's battle scenes there as well. It's mm-hmm. not as graphic because it's, uh, you know, in words, not in a uh, video. So we'll see what the wife says, but uh, that's, that's my, uh, you know, what movie represents service and camaraderie and coolness of the military. That's, that's a good one.
0: Can I, uh, can I give you my prescript my prediction on the outcome of that?
1: uh sure
0: you're going to get vetoed like uh, tony evers on a republican budget i think
1: you're right, <laughs> I think you're right.
0: Uh, by the way we would have accepted the a team or f troop for the right answer on the military question uh what's the one song that always gets stuck in your head
1: alexander hamilton
0: <laughs> oh, it's I a little musical, yeah.
1: Oh man, I could balance the Alexander Hamilton soundtrack forever. Well,
0: thanks. Now that's stuck in everybody's head. Is oh, great. That's okay. And finally, five the the fifth question in five fast questions: Is it true you have been tapped for season two of The Masked Singer? And if so, will you be performing in a Marmite cheese costume?
1: Yeah, you don't want to hear me sing. Just you just did just, you just did we just got a little sampling of that yeah and i think no one's made it to this point of the podcast because <laughs> that happened and so you know i play the trumpet I, mm-hmm. I strum some chords in the guitar yeah um yeah singing is not not i mean i sing in like you know if there's like 100 people singing i'm belting it out but, well
0: you obviously um, object to the sousaphone and the tuba we uh, we already got that from you today yeah but uh you know no uh as a, an addendum to this podcast, please look uh, coming out very soon. You can find it on Amazon. It's Dale Coinga's favorite hits from the 1960s and 70s. We've got that box set coming out as a packaged product along with our podcast. How does that sound?
1: Yeah, you have to you have to say like if it's the greatest hits from the 60s and 70s. I, you know, Kevin, I don't agree with the singer's politics because if you're <laughs> going to find you're going to find that era of someone who agree with the politics, I think it'd be a a very silent
0: soundtrack. I, uh, by the way, I love your version of Captain and Tennille's muskrat love. It's just, oh, it's, yes. it's awesome. Hey, thanks as always. Uh, lots of stuff, uh, you know, to get to. There's the heavy lifting, and we always uh, like to do that. But we always like to get to know our lawmakers, too. Do appreciate your time, your perspective, and uh, we'll be checking with you in real soon. All right, take care. Thanks. You bet. That is State Senator Dale Kowanko. Republican Brookfield joining us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. I'm Matt Kittle reporting.